Hello and welcome back to the Lord's Kings podcast with Brother Dave. Thank you so much for checking in with us again. Today is a special recording. It is something that I have been promising with it from my previous episodes of the book, The Lord's King. The Lord's King is a book that was compiled of dreams and visions that God had given me through the years 1988 through 1991. But with every dream that was given, I was writing it down piece by piece and realized that this was a story that God was showing me in my dreams. So I wrote it down. And it's amazing because I didn't think that it was going to be all the way until 2021 that I would be revealing it. But, you know, only God knows the timing and why things are done. But today is that day that I will be reading from the book of the Lost King. So thank you once again. Sit back and enjoy the first few pages of The Lost King by David James Jardine Jr. Thank you. Enjoy. Twenty-six years ago, in the year 1566, Africa, a great nation, on their way to becoming a greater one. Africa had many kings and queens throughout. A nation allowed by God himself to hold the many precious jewels of his creation. And what a wonderful creation it was. In the kingdom of Ethiopia, King Jada ruled with his wife, Queen Nefertanda, by his side. The word trade was becoming a popular word where white men would bring things to trade for jewels. The king knew not to trust the newcomers. The king had warriors armed with spears, poisonous blow darts, and other primitive weapons. King Jada had his men ready for any attempt of theft of the jewels embedded in the mountains of Ethiopia. Trades have been started between the kingdoms of Ethiopia and other African nations. King Jada never traded with white men. He was a bit more cautious of the color of their skin. One day, Ethiopian warriors spotted some very large ships on the Red Sea approaching their land. When the ships came closer, they draped their sails with beautiful silks and linens to show a sign of peace. As King Jada received them, he did so with extreme caution. The, the white men were unaware of the large amount of black men and women that this strange land had. The white men went forth with their plans of a trade. 
the king's warriors received the strange visitors upon the king's demand. They brought to the king, introductions were done, and discussions began about trade. The captain of the ships, Captain Daniel Standish, spoke. He spoke of the items they had with them, such as the silks, linens, tools, tobacco, flour, grains, and sugar, in return for a chest of jewels, which included diamonds, gold, rubies, and sapphires. The captain and his had his men demonstrate the usage of their merchandise. Boxes of tools, bushels of grain and tobacco, sacks of sugar and flour, and rolls of silks and linens were traded for two chests full of jewels. King Jada was satisfied by this trade. The people of Ethiopia were pleased also with all the gifts given by their king. Across the waters, as the ships sailed away, the captain and his officers started the meeting for the next trade. In this meeting, they spoke about the large number of black men and women and children that can be used as slaves. They came to an agreement that they would trade rifles and rum for the African people. They all laughed. Meanwhile, back in Ethiopia, King Jada met with his officials and high priest, being satisfied with the trade at hand. More jewels were gathered for the return of the strange white traders. The queen was pleased to the sight of the trade, but she was troubled in her spirit. Months had passed. The queen had given birth to Prince Kentinga, the first prince of Ethiopia. The name Kentinga means ruler over many. The prince was blessed by God Almighty. As Captain Daniel Standish and his men set sail for the lands of Ethiopia were all ready to carry out the wicked plan. They had thousands of men armed with rifles and in the bellies of the ships where shackles and chains were stored. The captain of the devilish doing Captain Daniel Standish, Standish incorporated in his plan to sever the king's bloodline. That night, the king's spiritual advisor was awakened by a horrifying dream. The heads of the king and queen were cut off. There was a river of blood running from the kingdom into the ocean. At the effect of this dream, he immediately ran to warn the king. Being a God-fearing king, he took imme immediate action. First, 
he had a meeting with his officials. He warned them of the white men upcoming invasion. Second, he ordered more warriors to guard along the shoreline. Finally, he ordered more protection around the throne. It was decided that the next trade would be the last one. Days later, the warriors spotted the beautiful draped ships as they instructed the warriors used extreme caution. Later that evening, after a calm day, the visitors convinced the king to take part of the strange drink. The drink was called rum. After an enormous amount of rum and hours later, the king and his men were intoxicated. The next part of the trade wasn't a trade, but the actual destruction of the king Jada and his kingdom. Queen Nefertanda, thinking of protecting the bloodline of the king, instructed protection over Prince Kentinga. She ordered the handmaid, the head help hand, Shinatara, to protect the prince. She was told to take the prince and hide. She was also instructed to keep his royalty unknown till the hopeful re- rebuilding of his kingdom. Shots and screams rang out for the next few days. Death and destruction has fallen upon the kingdom of Ethiopia. The takeover and death of King Jada and Queen Nefertanda had passed. Shinatara and Prince Kentinga have been taken as slaves along with thousands of other men, women, and children. Many have been killed But the strong ones have been chained and packed into the bellies of the ships like wild animals. Hundreds and thousands of men and women and children were used to row the ships to their destination of slavery. After the many days of travel, more of the newly made slaves had died. Thousands of men, women, and children were being auctioned off to many white men. Some were bought as workers and others as house slaves. They were used for any type of work needed. New names were given out as they were sold. Shinatara and Prince Kantinga were sold as mother and child. They were sold as farm slaves, slaves renamed Tina Powell and Paul Anthony Powell. In the barn of the house where Tina and Paul Anthony lived, along with the farm animals and other slaves, Tina knew that she must find a way to document the birth of the prince. She rent a piece of 
her Dunlap dress given by her new owners. Then she used a chalk-like rock and in Ethiopian hieroglyphics started to document the cloth. She wrote, I, Shinitara, give witness to the evil destruction of King Jada and his kingdom. I, being able to bring his son, Prince Kintinga, renamed Paul Anthony Powell, out of the devilish destruction of the white man. Long live Prince Kintinga of Ethiopia, our new king. She then cut her finger and marked the document in blood. Two other warriors did the same as witnesses. After hundreds of years passed, the cloth remained protected by the ancestries of Shinatara and Kafari, one of the Ethiopian warriors who were married and bore many children. was a year of many great changes. The Republican Party, after 12 long years, lose to the Democrats. Over the next two and a half years, many great things had happened. As the pastor of the great, greater New Bethel Baptist Church reminds his large congregation, the Reverend David Hodge worked with his tightly knitted brothers and sisters from Tulsa, Oklahoma. For the past five years, they have come to know each other very well. With many prayers sent up with the faith of a strong prayer, Lords. Go ahead, Brother Hodge, says the sister. Thank you, said Reverend Hodge. Now, we all know that Mr. Bush was if he was still in office, we wouldn't have so many of our sisters and brothers off welfare, so many of them looking for a better chance in life, said Reverend Hodge. Amen, added the congregation. With President Clinton and Vice President Colin Powell's plan, we have rebuilt in the black communities who would have ever believed that thousands of our brothers and sisters would have been released from the penitentiaries and rehabilitated than given jobs rebuilding our communities. Let everybody praise the Lord, said Reverend Hodge. The church breaks out into a large, loud praise. The drummer and the band start playing the music. The people of the Lord dance and shout praise for God. The church, being a God-loving, fearing church, believing that things can all get even better. After that, the church came down from their spiritual high. The preacher says, oh, I thank the almighty God 
let's have two or three of our young adults give a testimony. Go ahead, Sister Shireen. Tell us of God's greatness. Shireen replied. Thank you, Reverend Hodge. First, I would like to give all glory and honor to my Heavenly Father. Two months ago, I graduated from Lexington University. I sent at least 375 copies of my resume, believing for the best. The African Embassy offered me a job in communications. The starting pay above $35,000. Hallelujah. Thank you. Period. I truly thank God. Reverend Hodge said, Let those who love the Lord say yes to his will. Is there another? Go ahead, Brother Paul Anthony. Paul Anthony said, Thank you, Reverend. Like Sister Shireen, I also graduated, but from Spartan School of Aeronautics. I also sent out at least 300 copies of my resume. As of yet, there hasn't been any reply, but I do believe. Oddly enough, I had, I did have a very strong and powerful dream just the other night. It had something to do with a man of royalty being over many. I don't know the meaning of this dream. I do pray that the Lord's will be done. After this service, I must prepare to go back home to New York. I ask for your continual prayers. It's good to know the Lord is still giving dreams, said Reverend Hodge. Did you know the South African countries have received the largest largest amounts of financial help ever in the history of the United States of America? Also, the Native American Indians were given back many parts and many parts of their land. They also got hundreds of thousands of dollars to rebuild with, announced Reverend Hodge. After the service, the pastor felt compelled to approach the two young adults that gave their testimonies. He pulled them aside and said, The two of you represent a large part of all the black communities of the world. Stay strong with the Lord. I see a bright future for the both of you. Hours went by. Shireen and Paul Anthony had dinner together. Although they've known each other for several years, they just realized how much they have in common. After they finished dinner, she told him she didn't have any plans and that she could take him to the airport. Paul Anthony agrees with a large smile. 
while Paul Anthony and Shireen were sitting in the airport waiting to board the plane. There three United States government officials, two African officials, and several news reporters approached Paul Anthony. One United States official asked, are you Paul Anthony Taylor? Yes, I am. Is there a problem? He replied. An African official said, no, sir. We are happy and proud to inform you that you are the sole heir of King Jada from South Africa. With the help of the United Nations and the African Embassy, you have a government we will like to help you rebuild. From this point forward, you will be referred to as King Taylor of Ethiopia. Flashes and sounds of reporters fill the room. A man yells out, please take a statement. Please make a statement. King Taylor. King Taylor says, I have one comment and one question. May God be given all the glory. Then he faces Shireen and takes a knee. He asks her, Will you, Shireen Jardine, be my queen? Yes, yes, she expressed with tears in her eyes. I will be your queen.